What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another exciting episode of... In today's episode, we've got some stories to talk about. In case you aren't subscribed, you definitely should do so. Subscribe down there, hit the bell to get all notifications. That way you'll always be notified and get the Faneva news. Definitely subscribe, hit that bell, and enjoy. Okay, people, so we got some serious stuff on the docket. In particular, one of the first stories is the founder of Ufotable has been indicted on charges. Yes, this is very serious stuff, but we're going to be talking about it because, yeah, it makes me wonder the future of the titles that they have over there at Ufotable Studios, including Demon Slayer. So we're going to get into it. We also got an update on the author of Full Metal Alchemist and their next work. Their new manga uh, seems to be coming out. We got an unfortunate delay for the Rise of the Shield Hero 2. We'll get into that one. Uh, Mappa once again responds on um, the, the pay that has been going down. The horrible pay at that for their employees. We got an update on the Orient manga or the Orient manga and anime. The anime adaptation that's coming from it. Orient is from the same author as Magi. We got an update on Negima and UQ holder the sales blue lock potential big news anime I don't know we'll talk um, a big scam that went down with something called anime tube we'll talk about that two pieces two more pieces at that of Baki news regarding the anime the upcoming anime as well as the manga uh, some Dragon Ball Super movie news we'll get into it uh, Boruto anime news uh, sales are in for Black Clover and it's uh, not looking great, but there's a reason behind that, so it's not that bad as it seems. We'll talk about that. One Piece, a collab that's coming in, a really random collab at that. Uh, a delay for another anime, this time from David Productions. The Weekly Shonen Magazine author comments. Top 50 manga sales are in. And um, Undead Unluck, maybe anime news already? I don't know. Uh, we'll get into it. And yeah, people, those are the stories we have for today's episode. Without further ado, let's jump into another exciting episode of... The only news source that provides anything and everything anime and manga related. And we don't bore you. We get into it. Let's do it. Okay, people, so for starters, we're going to talk about something very heavy that just was announced this morning, and um, it's not great by any means. Now, Studio Ufotable, the same studio behind the ginormous hit known as Demon Slayer Kimetsu no Yaiba's anime, movie, all of that jazz. They're also responsible for the Fate Zero series, Fate Stay Night, Unlimited Playworks, anime TV series. Like, they've done a, a bunch of stuff. Well, apparently, the founder has been indicted on charges of tax evasion. We've already talked about this i want to say it's been for a year at this particular point of some tax issues with him well uh yeah this just came out let's read for starters we got a statement from ufotable themselves saying this time our company and our representative have been indicted on suspicion of violating the corporate tax law we sincerely apologize to all the fans and related parties we filed an amendment tax return under the guidance of the national tax authorities and pay the full amount we will strive to comply with laws and regulations and optimize management in order to create a better production and here's the big um, you know, article that came out about all of it. It says, Anime Studio Ufotable founder Hikaru Kondo formally indicted with evading 137 million yen in taxes. The Special Investigation Department of the Tokyo Public Prosecutor's Office issued a formal indictment on Friday to Anime Studio Ufotable and Ufotable's founder, representative, director, and president Hikaru Kondo on the charge of violating the Corporation Tax Act and Consumption Tax Act. They 
They allegedly failed to pay 137 million yen, about 1.24 million dollars in taxes. In a statement on its website on Friday, Ufotable acknowledged the indictment and gave assurance that the company had already filed a corrected tax return and paid the appropriate amount. The Kyoto News Service reported that the written indictment specified that Ufotable allegedly owes 109 million yen, roughly about 990,000 dollars in corporate tax from 2015 to 2018, and 28 million yen, about 254,400 in consumption tax from September 2014 to August 2018. Previous reports by the Mainichi Shimbu newspaper last year claimed that Kondo purportedly hit about 30% of the proceeds from some of Ufotable's anime-themed restaurants in Tokyo and stored them in a private safe at home. Those reports said that Ufotable allegedly owed $1.28 million in taxes at the time while the investigation was developing. Now, I'll be honest with you. First of all, that dude is gangsta as a motherfucker. You gotta be gangsta as shit to be robbing the government and keeping it at your safe at your crib. Like, nah, fam. Like, yo, y'all gonna have to bring, you know, the National Guard and get up in here and get this bread. Like, yo, but on, on a serious note, that's crazy. I'm curious how this indictment is going to affect the future of this actual studio. You know, Studio Ufotable, the upcoming productions in particular, the Demon Slayer anime and whatever they're gonna do moving forward with Demon Slayer because, yeah, there's a big deal. The founder, the head, he's has multiple titles on the company. Also, I guess another thing to add is the public perception. What's that going to look like? Because, you know, over there, Japan, the pride, like, how can you do something like this? So they're going to have a PR nightmare with this. But then also, legality-wise, like, is it going to affect things? Like, if Kondo went to jail, would that affect production of the company? Or would he leave it in somebody else's hands? Would he have to step down? Like, there's a lot of questions to be had regarding this one. I don't know if they're public, so he might not have to step down like the board. Maybe he'd just appoint somebody if he did go to jail, which 1.2 million over three years for a giant company like that. It doesn't seem like an enormous amount, in my opinion, because yeah, you foldable, they make a lot of money, but the government ain't playing and they're coming after his ass and that's just crazy like again i've been hearing about you know rumblings of an investigation but now they formally indicted him and it's getting real fam i will keep you guys updated on any further reports whether he you know does jail time what the verdict is but this does not sound good at all and um yeah i don't know what's the future of before and it's kind of crazy right if you just look at all these companies over there because there's been a ton of heat on mapa studios recently right and we're gonna get into mapa studios because there's something else to talk about in this episode but all this hate and shit like that but in reality these companies they be shady as hell they're not paying their employees they're slaving them 80 hours a week and getting pennies off the dollar pennies off the millions and shit like that and then on top of that they trying to not only shit on their employees but they're also like yo government Y'all ain't getting shit. Like, they are gangsta as hell. Japan got a lot of gangsters over there, fam. Those are the gangsters. Those are real thugs and gangsters. If you're doing shit like that, you bugging the fuck out. But yeah, like I said, I'll keep you guys updated on this crazy mess of a sloppy mess of a story regarding the founder of Ufotable hiding millions uh, from the government that he made off like restaurants and shit like that like nuts. Moving forward we got a first look at the new work from the creator of Fullmetal Alchemist Hiromu Arakawa. It says first look into new manga work by Fullmetal Alchemist author Hiromu Arakawa which soon begins in Shonen Gangan magazine. Now to be honest with you from the text on this image the only thing I can really read is Gangan which is the name of the magazine but I'm not gonna lie of the characters on that screen first of all some them look like what is it the hero of arslan or something like that the main character in the front kind of looks like a character from that series but the character in the back with the hoodie and the eye patch and shit looks badass as hell then on the 
sides of them. It kind of reminds me of uh, Alphonse's armor. So I don't know what's up with that. Or you know, yeah, armor. And then there's somebody like sitting back there. I'm guessing that's like a prince or a princess behind like a gate. So maybe it's one of those like rescue the princess type thing. Maybe it's going to be a take on the romance of the three kingdoms or some shit. I don't know. These are just random thoughts. But it looks good so far. Art looks dope. And that character, especially the hooded one, looks really cool. It says coming soon. I'm curious if that's going to be a part of the big Full Metal Alchemist related, uh, you know, live stream and announcement that they announced recently. Is this going to be the main thing? Like, hey, Full Metal Alchemist announcement. The author of Full Metal Alchemist got something coming, which that wouldn't bold too well with fans. Fans would be like, Oh, that's cool. We thought it was Full Metal. So maybe this will be a part of it. Maybe they'll help to launch this with whatever Full Metal Alchemist stuff they got going on for the big anniversary. But it looks pretty cool. And it's crazy because I want to say the author, their last work, if I'm not mistaken, aside from co-producing the Arslan manga was the manga uh, Silver Spoon. So I'm curious, is this going to be a solo venture by themselves as well? Like, But we got to wait and see. Either way, dope visual. Next up, some unfortunate news regarding the rising of the Shield Hero 2. I am very, very disappointed by this because according to this, it says the rising of the shield hero 2 anime season delayed till next april the official website for the rising of the shield hero 2 the second season of the rising of the shield hero tv anime series announced on thursday that the anime's premiere date is delayed to april 2022 the anime was initially slated to premiere in october 2021 with crunchyroll also slated to stream the anime alongside the japanese airing we were getting it in october to they're pushing it all the way to spring of 2022 basically almost a year off and it's making me wonder what's up because with this big announcement and then i also heard which we'll talk about later on in this episode another anime got pushed back about a year or some crazy shit like that makes me wonder why we're getting these massive delays i mean i guess you could argue that there is a big state of emergency i want to say they just announced the fourth state of emergency over there due to the, you know the virus and all that shit so maybe that's the big reason why they're pushing it but to get pushed from october to april that's a very big push it could again be because of that but it's just kind of wild and that actually makes sense i'm going to place my money on it's probably because of the state of emergency slowing them down that they're like you know what fuck it it's gonna you know we might get another state of emergency after that let's just push it ways off so that way there's no more disappointment because yeah as a fan i am disappointed i wanted to see this very badly but we gotta wait until april and it sucks and yeah from october to april crazy rising of the shield hero 2 delayed next up more anime studio drama because mappa once again uh they made a big statement regarding everything that's going down they basically tried to defend themselves from the criticism of the animators that have been speaking out about the low pay and also it seems as though their relationship with netflix might have gone a little bit sour there might be a little bit of friction after that bad press let's read mappa comments on animator pay rates and statement mappa released a statement on wednesday afternoon to address recent discussions about one of the company's as yet unannounced productions saying that information has been shared and discussed in ways that invite misunderstanding mappa claimed that it has never offered unreasonable compensation to creators a term used in this context to refer to an anime's creative staff including animators but offered rates that are fair relative to the budget of the project whether in current or past projects it also claimed that it has never forced or coerced creators to work animator Ipeichi asserted earlier this month that mappa was offering severely low rates for animators in the company working on a netflix anime with like we spoke about you know 34 dollars per cut uh and ichi laid the blame on netflix for such low rates saying that for all the exorbitant amount of capital it's a problem that they've started to place orders with such low rates however mappa said in its statement on wednesday that the anime 
anime was not a project ordered by a major platform, but the latest work in an existing TV series, and one which it was already planning. MAPPA offered the upcoming anime for distribution to a major platform, with production beginning after the sale price, and then the budget of the show was finalized. MAPPA, for starters, they try to say, we've never forced nobody to work for us. Like, that's cool. Yeah, you didn't put anybody into slavery. Like... Like, no slavery going on at MAPPA. We never forced nobody. But at the end of the day, these are people's livelihoods. Like, they lose their job. They're out of a job. This is what they love to do. They didn't sign up, though, to be underpaid. Like, nobody signs up like, yeah, you know, give me two nickels and, and I'm good. You know, I work 800 hours for two nickels. So, like, get the fuck out of here with that. Like, absolutely, you don't hold the responsibility in terms of, like, you did not force anybody. You didn't have a gun to their head. But that still doesn't, you know, alleviate you from what you've done of severely underpaying these people also they basically try to say that it wasn't netflix it was basically something that we were already working on and we offered them hey do you want to put this on your platform for x amount of dollars so basically they were trying to cut netflix from the blame and saying it's not nothing to do with netflix so they were trying to save face they were trying to protect their relationship with netflix so netflix is like we don't want none of that bad press that's on you you better clear that shit up or we are cutting you off and MAPPA was like, I bet, Zaddy, we, we got this. We're gonna, don't worry, we will take care of this, honestly. Again, it's hard, though, for me to come here and say, yo, screw MAPPA. Like, yeah, screw MAPPA, but screw this whole industry that is just like MAPPA. I just talked about, like, 10 minutes ago that the founder of Ufotable just got, you know, indicted on charges of trying to hide money from the government. They're all shady. It's not just MAPPA. So to completely pick up a torch and run and, oh, take down MAPPA would be very, very misguided. It would be very misguided because at the end of the day, it's the entirety of the industry. This is a way that they work. Toei Animation is probably doing the same exact thing. Likewise with Studio Piro. Likewise with Studio Bones. They're all the same. The only difference between between those is that MAPPA's dirty laundry got put out there and theirs didn't because MAPPA at the end of the day probably also is pressuring people because they got so many titles going on right now and they're also like you know they're the big dog so there's going to be a spotlight on them in particular but they all do it this has been an, a, a problem I've been talking about for like over a decade now here on YouTube of the animators all are going through this it's not just MAPPA I'm not trying to defend or cape for MAPPA because I think they fucked them too if you are doing your workers dirty like that and you are making them slave 80 hours a week 900 dollars a month fuck you too but to single out and only say that this is an isolated incident with mappa studios no like that, that would be irresponsible immature and just small-minded it's the entirety of the anime industry that's why there's unions that are slowly starting to be formed so that they could avoid problems like this in the future let's move on to something a little bit more lighthearted now because according to this it says orient by shinobu otaka the goat i mean just shinobu otaka i'm sorry i, I love maki will be on the cover with lead color new tv anime visual and information of the upcoming besatsu shorty magazine issue 9 out august 6th and the 13th volume will be out august six so in case you don't know about orient it's from the same author as magi the labyrinth of magic amazing amazing one of the one of my favorite shonens of all time one of the best shonens out there it's a really really awesome great story deep complex uh subject matter a lot of the times and just it was all around awesome and now she got a new work called orient and i'm not even gonna lie fam i'm so freaking pumped for this i can't wait this visual here on this volume cover looks amazing this was volume 12 and, and it kind of looks a lot like to be honest with you aladdin's mom and ali 
Alibaba on that cover. I'm just saying that's the author's art style and it does look familiar there. But I also love the fact that it seems as though with Attack on Titan ending, their answer, Vesatsu Magazine, was like, well, we need a big lead, you know, a, a flagship title now. They were like, bring Shinobu Taka in here. So basically, the Magi author in Orient is trying to fill the void that Attack on Titan did. Obviously, it's not going to be able to. It doesn't have that hype right now. But they were like, this is the new flagship title for Vesatsu Shonen Magazine. And if that's the case, I am on board a thousand percent. Again, Attack on Titan was something different. It was a different animal altogether. So Orient, you got some big shoes to fill, but... I'm going to support the living crap out of this. I already got the first two or three volumes that they printed over here. And now they're gearing up for the anime. And yeah, baby, let's go. Shinobu Otaka, I trust in her pen immensely. And I can't freaking wait to get into this anime. But this visual looks dope. And we're going to get new TV anime visuals soon. And I can't wait. I'm just overall excited. Shinobu Otaka, Orient, Vesatsu, let's go. Next up, some small updates on a series that has been pretty popular for a while negima it says negima saga by ken akamatsu has 26 million copies including spin-offs and sequel uq holder in circulation so not only negima but uq holder because that was actually a sequel to negima is in this bunch of 26 million copies sold uq holder final volume 28 will be out march 9th 2022 uh with a very very spicy cover oh my god uh, <laughs> so yeah negima honestly i never even thought that negima was that popular that successful but if you come Combine it with UQ Holder, 26 million copies sold. I'm curious how much of that was Negima and how much of that was UQ Holder. I know UQ Holder has been semi-popular for a little bit now. It's been out for a while, but um, crazy, 26 million copies. Next up, this is one that I've been hearing, and I want to say we even reported on this for a while, like rumors about Blue Lock getting an anime. Yet again, another report coming in that popular soccer manga Blue Lock by Kaneshiro Muneyuki Nomura Yusuke is getting an anime adaptation judging from a recent web domain registration and again we've been hearing reports and this one is going to be very huge this is probably going to be the next big sports series and now that Haikyuu is out the way there's a massive void there that can be filled and again it's kind of crazy like I don't know what's been up with this generation I've noticed this decade is looking like while Shueisha still has a stronghold there's still plenty of Shueisha popular titles other magazines and other publications are starting to come with the bangers. Tokyo Revengers is a prime example of like, you don't need to be a Shueisha title to pop. And then this one, Blue Lock, yeah, a Kodansha publication might actually be the sports series for the next couple years if this anime is done right because the manga is already very, very popular this one is going to explode with an anime okay next up i'm going to briefly go into this one because i don't want to give this too much spotlight because apparently there's been like this kickstarter that's been floating around i've seen it for a minute i thought it was something interesting i was like oh shit it seems like they were crowdfunding to start a new anime streaming service i was like bet let's go but apparently a lot of anime industry professionals have criticized it and said no this is a scam so let's take a look and if you have actually invested in this you might have been scammed according to this it says anime industry professionals criticize anime tube kickstarter as total scam since its launch on tuesday a kickstarter campaign has earned over 110 us dollars in pledges for an anime streaming app called anime tube the campaign promises to deliver free anime on demand and claims it will fix the shortcomings of the existing official services including their limited libraries however various industry professionals have criticized the kickstarter calling its promises unrealistic anyone intrigued or thinking of donating to anime tubes kickstarter should not 
media OCDs Justin Savakis tweeted, they're about a decade too late to that business model and competing with Netflix, Warner Media, NBC Universal, hell, even Disney has been sniffing for anime streaming rights. At the time of launch, the Kickstarter included a link to a list of titles that AnimeTube claimed were currently in discussion for licenses. The list included hundreds of titles that are already licensed by other distributors for the US streaming market. Nozomi Entertainment CEO Sean Kleckner publicly tweeted at AnimeTube, why do you have listings for my titles on your Kickstarter's anime licensing currently in discussion? We are not in discussion with you. The link to the list of titles has since been removed from the Kickstarter page and a now deleted tweet. AnimeTube responded to Kleckner, hi Sean, we've contacted you on LinkedIn to discuss directly with you. AnimeTube founder George Weller explained the discrepancy to Anime News via email. We are in discussion with Japanese anime production companies to license anime for streaming rights and in order to be transparent, our intent was to let our backers know which anime we are trying to license. We provided a list of titles we were in discussions with Japanese anime companies to license for streaming. We contacted the Japanese anime companies who produced the anime to determine what we can license and who to contact. We were informed by Aja that the proper routes are to contact the Japanese anime production companies first and the confusion may lie with the fact that USA distributors expected us to contact them first. Jacob Grady, founder of hentai manga website and publisher Faku, expressed doubts about the trustworthiness of the anime tube stream tweeting I've had run-ins with these guys before total scam and I could go on all day there's like about five to ten more pages of just people saying they're a scam they're a scam I don't know too much about the validity of this one so I'm not gonna say 100% is a scam but based on all of these people alone it sounds like a scam like you know I'll tell you like this proceed with caution if you are even considering donating to this one but personally me I will not in a wildest dream <laughs> uh, uh, pledge to this one because it doesn't sound that valid it actually sounds very very shady so I ain't gonna tell you what to do with your money but I wouldn't do it I personally would never um to this because everybody around this saying like no this is bullshit like they're even talking about our titles and how could they even be talking about titles and getting licenses to titles that are probably exclusive to these platforms and if the US distributors already have the licenses and then on top of that them deleting tweets and saying hey we contacted you via LinkedIn but then going back and trying to double back and saying no we were talking to the Japanese people they sound like they full of shit yeah. Okay, people, next up, a little bit of an update on the new Baki anime. We reported in the last episode of Forever News that apparently a new Baki anime was coming, Baki Son of Ogre, something along the lines with that. Well, according to this, it says, a new season of Baki Son of Ogre will begin streaming worldwide on Netflix in fall of 2021. As reported by Crunchyroll shortly after this announcement that the newest season of Baki would be coming to Netflix, a trailer was released which featured Baki fighting a variety of opponents, including Super Size, Praying Mantis. Most notably, the series will see Baki fight against Ogre Yujiro Hanma, which I believe that's his dad, the world's strongest fighter who also happens to be Baki's father and it looks pretty damn awesome so I'm excited for that. I'm curious what the dub is going to be because isn't there like a big issue where Sentai Filmworks had to hire a whole new English dub cast because like Netflix didn't want to give them the rights to that so are we going to have essentially two simultaneous dubs running at the same time where it's going to be like the Netflix dub and the Sentai dub of Basically, if you stream it on Netflix, you get one dub. And if you buy it from Sentai, you get another one. Uh, I still say Netflix. They probably overcharged Sentai. And Sentai was like, no. And it didn't happen. Netflix, maybe. Ugh. I mean, it's too late anyway. Sentai already got their new dub going. So, I don't know. Um, 
Yeah, if I catch up, I'll probably have to look into which way I'm going to watch it. Because I heard that the dub from Netflix was actually very good. So we got to wait and see. But new trailer, Baki, new anime, Son of Ogre, Fall 2021. It'll be on Netflix. And also a little piece of Baki news. The Baki series by Keisuke Itagaki has 85 million copies, including all sequel slash spinoffs in circulation. Which, here's something that I've noticed. Because now, uh, Japan is starting to catch up to the whole idea of promoting your series via, like, hey, we got these amount of sales like the record industry the music industry has been doing this for a very long time like 50 cent was one of the big people that made it very apparent that oh shit you know you can market your product by saying i have x amount of sales so i've noticed that japan has been doing that more and more like even if you look at black clover before they used to only promote that you know the japanese sales but now they've started to worldwide we have like every number that they can grab they're combining it even if it's a spinoff a sequel it's all in one like yo we got a hundred billion sales so Baki, 85 million copies, which that's massive, impressive. 15 million away from 100 million copies. Baki the Grappler, let's go. Moving forward, we got a little piece of Dragon Ball Super 2022 movie news because apparently um, they're gearing up for a big Dragon Ball Super panel uh, for the movie. According to this, it says, Dragon Ball Super 2022 movie announcement discussion panel confirmed for San Diego Comic-Con. The guests will be Masako Nozawa, Akio Iyoku, and Norihiro Hayashida. They'll talk about the movie and will share all the hottest info the date and time will be 10 a.m friday july 23rd local u.s west coast time and it says the special dragon ball website made just for comic-con at home 2021 is online new movie announcement panel discussion also confirmed so i believe we'll be able to see the panel online if i'm not mistaken don't quote me on that but oh boy i can't wait so it seems by the end of this month we will know some of the hot details on like probably who's the big villain maybe they'll drop a trailer along with it it would make sense if you're gonna drop a trailer why not do it at this big san diego comic-con dragon ball panel is this going to be like a thing where fans can go because i ain't gonna lie i ain't been to cali in a while i wouldn't mind going i don't know either way i really can't freaking wait because it's been so long since we've had anything dragon ball super anime related let's go new movie okay people next up we got a ton of episode synopsis for the upcoming boruto anime episodes let's just jump straight into it because yeah we're headed towards greatness for starters we got episode 207 which i want to say did we get already a synopsis a while back but according to this and this was all provided by organic dinosaurs so shout outs to her a uh, regeneration which is broadcasting in just a few more days on july 11th this magazine summary was pretty much the same text as what's being provided by the official tv tokyo website so i want to say that probably we already got this one but either way boro is one of the members of a mysterious organization named kara the new team seven attacks boro with all their might and seemingly managed to subdue him they think that their attacks have been successful however boro seems to be some sort of monster he possesses a regenerative ability that he can use to completely restore himself because of mitsuki's quick wittedness they were able to spare themselves from boro when he had emitted a black haze due to Boro's high combat capabilities and invulnerability they can't seem to figure out a way to defeat him meanwhile Kawaki figures out the only way to stall Boro's regenerative ability he informs Sarada about this idea together as a team they then deal a decisive blow against Boro then episode 208 then episode 208 entitled the manifestation of Momoshiki that'll be July 
July 18th. It says, Boro has taken severe damage due to being attacked by the new Team 7. It sends him into a fit of rage. Boro's counterattack forces the new Team 7 onto the brink of yet another crisis. They're in danger of being totally annihilated. Boruto faints because of Boro's attack, but then his consciousness gets hijacked. Suddenly, a member of the Otsutsuki clan, Momoshiki, has been revived. To the amazement of Sarada Mitsuki and Kawaki, Momoshiki then shows off his tremendous powers right in front of their eyes. After their life or death struggle, Boruto and his comrades finally manage to extricate Naruto and are able to return home to the village. It seems that Boruto himself has no recollection of the incident. Sarada Mitsuki are worried about Boruto and also about the unusual phenomenon that transpired in the midst of their battle within Boruto's body. What will Uchiha Sasuke do about it after hearing about the events from them? I absolutely can't freaking wait for this episode. Oh my god, Boroshiki, baby. Let's freaking go. We got episode 209. Uh, that will be out. It was supposed to be out July 25th, but because of the Olympics, we're not sure. I'm imagining it'll be the next week again. I'm, I'm not really sure. Kawaki remembers the terror of the unusual phenomenon that had just transpired within Boruto and his own self. Kawaki truly experienced how the karma itself was a greater hazard than he had originally anticipated. With Kara continuing to watch over them, starting to feel that Konohagakure village might be in an even more critical situation. Up until now, everyone in the Uzumaki family had been considerate and kind towards him. In addition, he had been getting along with his other friends in the village too. Kawaki becomes hesitant and worried about exposing them to even more perilous incidents. As he continues remaining silent about this issue, he happens to see Boruto's younger sister Himawari acting strangely. I wonder if she's scared of him or something at that point. That would be an interesting one. That was episode 209. Uh, episode 210, Kara. Even though we have made contact with Jigen and the other leaders of Kara, Konohagakure Village has been unable to acquire many details about the organization. Meanwhile, Boruto and his comrades have battled Boro. Boro was confirmed to be the founder of a sect who was planning to use a jutsu from the Otsutsuki clan, the Mugen Sukuyomi, to grant salvation to the members of his own religious organization. In order to investigate any possible connections between that group and Kara, Sarutobi Konohamaru and Yamanaka Sai embark upon an infiltration mission in order to gain access to the inside of that religious organization aka this is going to be anime original aka you could call it filler the two of them then happen to encounter a woman she says that the members like her youngest brother can finally return home from the sect for the first time in several years it seems as though her sibling was performing activities that served Boro and his god but for some reason that woman's younger brother still hasn't been able to come back home yet so it, it, i guess you know you could call it filler because it's not from the manga but the setups that the anime did with this is actually interesting i'm looking forward to that episode this is episode 211 by the way August 8th. An incident has occurred in Konoha Village. Someone has stolen data about the village's ninjas. Since there's no abnormalities that were detected by the village's sensory team, there could potentially be a spy that was inside and lurking amongst them. Even though the village has strengthened its vigilance in response, the culprit is just Kashin Koji. One of, <laughs> it's just Kashin Koji, one of Kara's leaders who has already infiltrated the village. Meanwhile, Nara Shikadai, Akimichi Chocho, and Sai's son, Yamanaka Inojin, start to track down the criminal on their own after hearing about the incident. While in route the three of them happen to encounter Hatake Kakashi, hey, who is independently in pursuit of the culprit. They have decided to collaborate with one another in order to keep trying to chase after the perpetrator. However, even Kakashi recognizes the deceptive dexterity of Kashin Koji, who has been manipulating them all along. That is some fire filler. I am, oh my god, that's fire. I want to see that. I can't wait. Which also makes me think that Kakashi is never going to be relevant in this series again, at the very least in the manga. So the anime is like, do something with him, damn it, and I'm all for it. 
forward. I can't believe I'm saying this, but the anime-only stuff they announced in this one has me really excited. I am looking forward to it amongst the Boroshiki, baby. Let's go. Okay, people, next up, we got unfortunate news, but not really so unfortunate. The sales are in for the recent jump volumes and stuff like that, and the numbers are low. And the reason the numbers are low is because of a publication shortage. So in case you don't know, basically, they didn't send out that many volumes because of X, Y, and Z. Obviously, the pandemic over there is affecting everybody, including the publishing industry. So they couldn't send out as many books. So even though Black Clover came in at the top of the pack of the jump volumes, unfortunately, it only did about 55,000, basically almost 56,000 copies in its first week, which isn't great, especially considering like, yo, it's anime ended. Is this going to be a drop? But don't worry because it is unfortunate that hey i would have loved to have seen like 100k off the rip but because of the publication shortage is why these numbers are low it's not because black clover isn't gonna sell at all anymore now no the the numbers are low because they can't get these books to the stores in time so black clover we'll see after like two or three weeks what it's looking like after this publication shortage and uh yeah then we'll be able to gauge where we're at with it because 56,000 is not great at all but it's not because people aren't invested in buying this it's because they can't find the volumes over there and while we're at it, we'll take a look at the top 50 manga sales of the week um, from 50 to 41. And I'm doing 50 this time because there's some interesting stuff in here. Uh, 50, uh, rounding it out is Fire Force number 29. That looks pretty dope. Uh, Shingeki no Chosen 34. Still inching away. Next week for sure. It'll hit a million. Um, okay, so that's pretty dope. Uh, Dragon Quest in its latest volume. I want to say this is like a reprint of it. Volume 2, 23,000. Dope. And then volume 40 to 31. This is damn near almost entirely Tokyo Revengers minus uh, Kaiju number 8 volume 3. Which, damn, 27,000 in this week. Wow, crazy sales. Then 30 to 21. Again, a lot of Tokyo Revengers. Holy shit. 20 to 11. Here it changes up a little bit. There is some Tokyo Revengers. But the Elusive Samurai Volume 1, 32,000. I think that's going to be a stay. I think that's going to be a keeper and jump. To do 32,000 in your first volume's first week, that is better than a lot of these other ones. A lot of these, they be doing 15,000, 14,000, 20 max. To do 32,000, I think Elusive Samurai is going to be around for a while. I'm calling it. Uh, then some more Dragon Quest in there. Quite a few Dragon Quests. That's dope. The anime has been doing numbers for it. And then from 10 to 1, we got One Piece rounding up to the top 10 with 35,000. Spy X Family still hanging in there. 36,000. Uh, then, yeah, the Black Clover volume at number 5. It's at number 4. That's weird. But apparently it's number 5 with 55.9. Again, all of these numbers, if you even look at them, they're really low for the top 10. Normally, like, there's 100 and something plus thousand. Like, Jujutsu Kaisen, 50. 59,000 which I'm sure it probably even would have done more which is crazy to think about but like you look the number one highest selling manga this week Veroni Kenshin Hokkaido Arc 6 was 75,000 like that probably would have been 125 to 150,000 easily so yeah these numbers are all across the board low blue extra 70,000 blue like all of this shit is really low so yeah this publication shortage has kind of affected almost all of the manga here so it's unfortunate but that's crazy but i ain't gonna lie i do got a note as much as i love black clover it is kind of crazy that jujutsu kaisen and this week's you know it's like on its what i don't know 10th week or some shit still outselling black clover even with the publication shortage it's still like it's kind of nuts <laughs> regardless of what shout out to black clover at the very least beating out all of the newer jump titles but this publication shortage man i wanted to get a good gauge of where we're at with it without the anime damn it well we'll see next time next couple weeks we'll get a better idea moving forward we got a one piece collaboration 
information coming and says One Piece will be collaborating with Where's Wally for the series' 24th anniversary with a huge Onigashima reproduction. More info will be available on the Weekly Shonen Jump issue number 33-34. Also, there will be three interviews with Captain Voice actors and more information about the special campaign held for the release of Volume 100. But that is one of the most random collabs, craziest, <laughs> unexpected crossovers I thought I'd ever see in my life. Where's Wally and, and One Piece? Like what <laughs> but yeah um one piece always doing the unexpected with uh, a crossover like that I, I don't even know what to say do it up shueisha you always with the crazy marketing schemes next up just a quick update apparently david production studio uh their recent work spreegan is being delayed as well which is what's making me think more and more that it's due to the pandemic and them closing down like they have a fourth state of emergency over there in tokyo that's probably why because we just talked about a few minutes ago another series being put on delay for like about a year it says Freaking anime series second teaser reveals 2022 delay and more staff. The official website for David Productions new anime series based on Hiroshi Takashige and Yoji Minagawa's Spriggan Striker manga been streaming a new teasers trailer for the anime on Friday and Netflix is streaming an English subtitled version of the teaser. The teaser reveals the anime's delayed to 2022. The anime was previously slated to debut on Netflix this year. So yeah, it seems as though the state of emergency really screwed a lot of productions all the way into next year. That's nuts. Like, again, a series we just talked about was supposed to hit in October, and now it's spring of next year, Rising of the Shield Hero 2, and now spring in as well. Nuts. Next up, so a rumor has been going around. Apparently, Undead Unluck might have already have an anime in production. They haven't announced or anything like that, but basically a new domain name has been registered under Undead Unluck, and there's like a serial number and everything, so potentially an Undead Unluck anime might be in production already i wouldn't be surprised to be honest with you it's been doing decent enough sales wise to stick around and a lot of people are invested in it saying it's a really good written story again i'm about 20 to 30 chapters into it and i really like it myself so i wouldn't be surprised if they are already producing an anime but this leak it could be legit it could just be somebody registered whatever but yeah undead unluck uh there might be an anime already in the works i don't expect to hear that announcement if we do until like end end of this year or early next year at the earliest because it still seems too soon they're only like what 60 something chapters in i want to say 70 something chapters so yeah we still got a ways off until that anime even if it's in production actually comes to fruition it might have just started right now they might have just picked up the first pencil and people are already like oh shit it's coming like we got a ways to wait okay people and the final story of this episode we got the weekly shonen magazine author comments let's see what's been said this week we're gonna start off with the author of hajime no ipo george morikawa he said thanks for the dempsey role yamauchi i have no idea who's yamauchi and why was he doing a dempsey role maybe he actually made him some roles and called them dempsey roles but dempsey role is like the boxing maneuver his, his special technique uh ipo in, in the hajime no ipo series so maybe it was just like a joke or something that's why he said thanks for the dempsey role other than that like unless that's somebody that taught him about the dempsey role i don't freaking know but shout out to george morikawa and Hajime no Ippo regardless amazing amazing series uh, then we got Ken Wakui he said the live action film of Tokyo Revengers opens in theaters Friday July 9th get ready to cry yourself a river and I ain't gonna lie I wouldn't mind seeing it like the look of it it looks really really close to the manga I'll just say that they look like the characters the live action um, if they do it right this could be a really really good one but shout out to Tokyo Revengers I'm gonna say it every freaking week I don't care Hiromashima uh, author of Eden Zero slash Fairytale said thanks to everyone's support the series has 
made it to the third year. I'm always so grateful to everyone. Thanks. Wow, Eden Zero. Yeah, it was 2018. I was talking about it. Crazy. Three years and already an anime adaptation. Hopefully, we get to watch it someday. Netflix, please. Like, someday. <laughs> I know. We. Uh, I think it's August that it's been announced. But, yeah, it's been a while. I, I, I want to see it now. Then, Atsushi Okubo, creator of Fire Force, said, The vacuum cleaner started to stink. <laughs> and the suction hasn't been working so i bought a new tyson vacuum cleaner that's got everyone in a daze what have you been doing with that vacuum cleaner huh how do we what's going on <laughs> why is he talking about his stank ass vacuum cleaner in the author comments of weekly shonen magazine and yeah there's no four nights of the apocalypse this week it's on break so there's no author comment from that series from nakaba suzuki and yeah people those are the stories we have for today's episode i'm curious what you guys think the ufotable founder being indicted on tax evasion full metal alchemist author's new work rising of the shield hero 2 delayed mappa commenting on the pay and trying to save their asses the orient manga's new anime info negima uq holder sales blue lock anime potential the anime tube scam baki trailer baki sales uh the dragon ball super movie panel can't wait for that boruto anime episodes the sales for the black clover manga latest volume and the top 50 sales in general one piece where's wally collab what the hell david production spree and anime delay the undead unluck anime rumors and the weekly shonen magazine author comments and your thoughts on any of the stories we covered in today's episode but that's all i have for this one thanks for watching hope you enjoyed if you liked anything i had to say or enjoyed the video drop me a like i'd greatly appreciate it and if you want more from me make sure to subscribe follow me on twitter instagram hit that bell to get all notifications and if you want to follow any of my other social media links are in the description below i'm for world and as always people have an awesome day and remember the golden rule anime and manga for life please. have an awesome day peace and you guys just watched another episode of Forever have an awesome day <laughs>